0: Welcome to episode number 117 of the Active Geek Podcast where Chuck and I are talking kaijus, giant robots called Jaegers, and our top five favorite movies by Guillermo del Toro as we preview the upcoming release for Pacific Rim Uprising in theaters March 23rd starring Scott Eastwood, John Boyega, Rinko Kiicho, Byrne Gorman, Charlie Day, and so many others. And it's from a New Jersey native, since we're New Jerseyans, we want to show love to our New Jersey natives. As Steven Denite embarks on his first major feature film directorial debut. So go see Pacific Rim Uprising and listen to this episode and let us know on all of our social medias what you think of the Pacific Rim franchise. So without any further ado, this is episode number 117 of the Active Geek podcast entitled Pacific Rim Uprising. Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And it's been a while, Chuck. We uh, we haven't been in studio for about a month. This is our first March recording, which is crazy because uh, we're 17, day, 17 days into March, yeah. uh, which is St. Patrick's Day, which is really cool. It's a, it's a fun little holiday for the Irish, uh, mainly the Irish-Americans. I watched a documentary that the Irish really don't go out like we do. Yeah. We are going to be talking a lot of fun stuff today. If you didn't read our intro, it's a Pacific Rim episode.
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: we're talking kaijus and robots. Uh, and a little uh, Guillermo, because everyone loves Guillermo. Guillermo. But before we get into that, Chuck, we need to talk about a few things that we've uh, we've missed or have happened. Yeah, uh, we recently. Talk, we did Jessica Jones' episode uh, in February, and Jessica Jones has finally happened. Yes. Um, I watched it the entire ride back from Florida while i drove and while i was a passenger
1: how did you do that
0: well it was like the middle of the night when i'm driving like i do the long leg when it's like two o'clock in the morning so i just had it like on my gps mount and i just watched it as i was <laughs> driving super
1: dangerous and it's not
0: safe but i was the only one on the road so it make it's uh justified right i guess <laughs> uh and chelsea even watched it with me she was forced to watch it and she enjoyed it well what did you think of the the season
1: i liked it i thought it was better than the first season oh yeah
0: malcolm so much more redeemable so happy for malcolm you hate it trish fuck trish like that's you know she was awful and it it was the writing they wrote her to be the worst character and i'm not gonna do spoilers because i get it we're like two weeks away two weeks out that's like talking tomb raider a week out you know what i mean we can't do that uh but they wrote her so poorly oh so mad but the future looks bright for the jessica jones yes it does uh franchise i i said finish it at season two because i expected season one uh junior
1: and now you don't you no I, I,
0: i'm ready for season uh for season three and luke cage is coming out in july yes uh we got i'm
1: very excited yeah about we
0: got that. 12 seconds of uh footage <laughs> of, of him it was just like a an intro to a hip-hop video yeah like i'm luke cage bitch. he's like well cars are exploding he's on fire um so that comes out in july we're gonna do a mini episode on that so jessica jones happens uh, i'm very excited you seem very excited, but jessica jones is kind of on the back burner now yeah. because what happened the, uh, day? the avengers infinity war trailer came out Woo! and i am not one for reaction videos i do not understand how that garners i feel like you already watch it and then you like you watch it by yourself and then you watch it on camera and that's like that generates like oh, like faces that you make yeah. um i'm going to cry uh, at avengers infinity wars
1: you cry at a lot of things
0: i cried darn happy but I'm yeah. certainly going to cry at this because it is impending doom for some of my favorite characters. Yep. Uh, it looks like Captain America is going to die. Yeah. Needless to say, the end where Thanos looks like he's a little per- perplexed that Cap gave a fuck and held his arm back. Yeah. Um, but it looks like our... And board, that he was able to. Yeah. I think Steve Rogers is gone. I also think Iron Man has gone. Yeah. I don't know if they killed both of them in the first movie, but I think... Throughout the the events, both of them are going to die. But we're going to do that in about two, three weeks. We're going to do an Avengers Infinity War episode, which I think is going to be the longest episode we've ever done. Yeah, It's probably going to be like 31 hours. (laughs) You would suggest it playing all the movies, and I think that's a great idea. We'll we'll do live commentary on every MCU movie. But before we get into the episode, Chuck, I told you before uh, I had something a little special, but today is St. Patrick's Day. And for our listeners, this comes out um, on March 21st, and that's the first day of Krypton. The season premiere of Krypton, nice. which, go back to our last episode, listen to that before you watch the show, and if you haven't watched the show, watch the show, because it seems like it's going to be good. But I just wanted to highlight 10 Irish heroes and villains. Okay. Uh, just briefly. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to say their names, and we'll go down, and then we'll, we'll get into our uh, kaiju robot Jaeger bomb commercial movie that we're going to do. Uh, so, some of the Irish heroes that you and I know, and some people may know, uh, are Daredevil, uh, Matthew Murdoch, Banshee. Kyle Rayner's The Green Lantern. Uh, my personal favorite, Molly Fitzgerald, a.k.a. The Shamrock. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's from Marvel. <laughs> Check our Instagram. I, I just posted that. Did yeah. um, Spider Man 2099, uh, Miguel O'Hara. Hitman, Tommy Monahan. Black, Tom Cassidy, the villain in the upcoming Deadpool 2 movie. Arthur Curry, The Aquaman. Black Canary, Dinah Drake. And my boy, Steve Rogers, Captain America. He's Irish. He is. He's uh, the son of two Irish immigrants, Chuck. So, hopefully, um, when you celebrate it, St. Patrick's Day, you either wore green or blue so you could celebrate uh, like the Irish do. Had a Guinness.
1: You had a Guinness? I did not
0: have a Guinness, but I think some people should have, have had a Guinness on St. Patrick's Day. And I hope people didn't get pinched. No. Not a big pincher. No. But, you know, we're going to move into something that in 2005 became an idea. And that is Pacific Rim. Yeah. Because we are previewing Pacific Rim Uprising, the new film. But we have to go back and we have to talk about the the birth of the Pacific Rim franchise. So in 2005, Chuck, a movie written by Travis Beecham called A Killing on Carnival Row was picked up by New Line Cinema. And in 2006, Guillermo del Toro signed on to direct the film. However, New Line, new Line decided to drop the film, leaving Bachman and del Toro with some free time. We know how it happens. Yeah. You know, they get picked up, to get put down. A year later, while walking on the beach near Santa Monica Pier, Beecham developed the idea for what later would become the film Pacific Rim. And by 2010, the film was purchased and Del Toro was back on as director after the adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness was dropped by Legendary Pictures. And by March 9, 2011, my birthday, uh, the film was given the green light and was moving forward towards production. So that brief history, Chuck leads us to the Pacific Rim franchise and the property so when did you first hear of the Pacific Rim property
1: probably around 2011 when it was announced that Guillermo del Toro was going to do Pacific Rim
0: March 9th 2011 my birthday (laughs) solid seven years ago
1: when they announced it there was a rumor that Tom Cruise yeah was up for the role of Sacker Pentecost yep and I was like okay because I, I, I do like Tom Cruise.
0: Yep. Yeah, you do. <laughs>
1: um, So that was the first time I heard of that, was when it was a rumor that he was going to be in Pacific Rim.
0: I can't see him in a Guillermo del Toro movie. I can't see general. him
1: in that role.
0: I can't see him in, with GDT at all. No? Nope. Not at all. Not one bit. The people I think Guillermo, I think Doug Jones and Ron Perlman, <laughs> and now Sally Hawkins. I think I heard about it when the first trailer came out. Okay. Uh, because big robots remind me of transformers yeah and i think this was like at the pinnacle of transformers michael bay version and i was like oh you know there's another transformer movie
1: completely nothing like
0: yeah but you just think big robots and yeah. you see transformers but it was it was something that i i didn't come on to like oh i was got the first scoop of pacific rim's gonna happen i can't wait i, I know travis beecham i had no idea who he was <laughs> um i knew guillermo obviously because he's a great filmmaker, but. I didn't really know much about the Pacific Rim. The first movie, Pacific Rim, in 2013 focused on the events which saw kaijus, huge sea monsters, emerging in the bottom of the Pacific Ocean from the interdimensional portal called the Breach. The kaijus center their dest- uh, destruction on San Francisco, Cabo San Lucas, Manila, and Hong Kong. Humanity faces the kaijus' threat by constructing a giant robot called the Jaegers to fight back against the said kaijus. Very American. Yeah. Let's build robots to fight monsters. Uh, And then the Jaegers are piloted by two or more people who are linked by a process called drifting in an effort to share the mental stress of piloting. Fast forward to 2020, where brothers Raleigh and Yancey Beckett are fighting Knifehead in Anchorage, but it doesn't go as planned, and Yancey is killed. Spoiler alerts for the 2013 movie Pacific (laughs) Rim. Um, Yancey is killed in battle, and Raleigh quits the Jaeger program, bringing us to the current movie story that we saw in 2013. So what did you think of the concept?
1: I really like the movie.
0: No, nope, not the movie. The I concept. I really like the concept.
1: So if you go back to our King Kong episode, which is episode 65, I talked about monster movies. Yes. And I talked about Godzilla. I talked about King Kong. And I really liked those. And these are classic. This is a homage to classic Japanese kaiju movies. Yeah. And I always liked them. So I'm like, all right. like, So I like the whole concept of an update it basically american version of a kaiju movie
0: yeah it's kind of like transformers meets godzilla yep like if you were in a geek mashup movie if you were to pit your giant monster how would you defeat it it's very power ranger uh power ranger like yes or voltron right like uh to me it wasn't the the concept that or it wasn't like the kaijus that brought it into me it was the concept of the drifting and the 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 science behind it but the the whole thing with with me like the drifting and there were so much different things than
1: just a a robot fighting a monster exactly
0: it was it was very human like you had the the human were controlling the robot it wasn't like you sent out it it is very power ranger like when you when you look at it but it's not like you you would build a robot and you would man it from a station and that that station you would control its movements like this is
1: you have two humans piloting
0: sometimes more like you could be yeah, a team they, of there humans was yeah.
1: there was the uh, Asian was this, guys. yeah
0: uh, but you, you you can get you get this team of people and they're fighting these kaijus and there's it's life or death for those people so i think that's what grabbed me more like in in power rangers and transformers and voltron they don't die like when was the last time you saw a power ranger die on the screen i don't think it ever happened no. uh voltron too i think and transformers they're robots there's nobody inside them and they die and um if you're Michael Bay, you just bring Optimus Prime back every single movie. You kill mm-hmm. him and bring him back. It, it was the freshness of this, like the mashup. It reminded me, like I said, of Transformers and Godzilla, and I like both properties. Yep. So you put them together, and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm ready for it. And then throw GDT on it, and you're like, yeah, this is this yeah. is what this is what I'm waiting for. So being directed by Guillermo del Toro, Pacific Rim, featured the following actors and actresses, Chuck. Yeah, Charlie Hunnam, my favorite. Uh, who played Raleigh Beckett. Idris Elba, my personal favorite. I truly love Idris. Uh, He played General Pentecost. We love him on the podcast. Yeah, we got to get him on the podcast. Oh, I wish. But um, he's the the guy who took Tom Cruise's role. Uh, Rinko Kiyoki, uh, who played Mako Mori. Charlie Day, another fantastic actor, who played Dr. Newt Geisler. uh, Max Martini, who played Hercules Hansen. Rob Kaczynski, who played Chuck Hansen. Ron Perlman, who played Hannibal Chow. Which, by the way, was the first Guillermo del Toro movie since uh, 1993 that Ron Perlman was was in, where he played a human role. Oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, that's it's a big moment for for Ronnie Pearl, and then Bern Gorman, who played Dr. Herman Gottlieb. So the cast, one today, is very recognizable. Uh, Charlie Hunan, Idris Elba, Ron Perlman, uh, Charlie Day, very British. Especially with uh, Charlie, not Charlie Dave. Jeez, he's, he's the last British person I would think of, but uh, Charlie and Idris. Yeah, so, and we got to
1: hear Idris's uh, British accent that he rarely uses. Yeah,
0: and a lot of people don't know that he's British, no. um, unless you watch Luther or yeah. you actually listen to him talk uh, in real life. But that couldn't. That was going to be a whole different casting if um, no. New Line or I think uh, Legendary, whoever did this, uh, had a had their way. So you had Tom Cruise, who you said was going to play Pentecost. That was that was who was considered, but for Raleigh, Taylor Kitsch, you know uh-huh. him from John Carter. Yeah. He's doing big things with this Waco stuff. Um, so I, you can't. No, John Carter and Gambit were really bad roles. Yeah, but I think he's doing he's doing much bigger things. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't mind him. He was hot back then. It was I think Kick Ass had come out, and yeah. you know he was he was the fresh face. Aaron Paul. That's height of Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. 2011. Uh, Luke Bracy, your boy, yeah. was considered, uh, and Henry Cavill.
1: Okay, uh, I did. I did like Charlie Hunnam in this. Yeah, uh,
0: this was before I I knew that he was uh, who he is. You know, <laughs> this was this was actually my first exposure to Charlie Hunnam because uh, you never watched. Sunday I'd night. never watched Son. so I, I, you know, I liked him in this. I can I can fairly say I liked him in this. Um, Stellan Skarsgard was considered for Hercules Hansen.
1: Yes, I did see that.
0: I can't picture him as a Hercules in one bit, like one bit. So that hey, he's a great actor. Yeah, but he's not Hercules. No. You can't have the nickname Herc and be Dr. Eric Selvig. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, you know, that was really the only casting issues. Like it was just, we need a big name. So they said, oh, let's get Tom Cruise. Yeah. I feel like when somebody's trying to start a franchise, the first person they go to is Tom Cruise.
1: Mm, not all the
0: time. Uh, Mission Impossible, uh, The Mummy. You know what I mean? So it's either Tom Cruise or Jason Bourne or Jason Bourne, uh, Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. So this was before the super, like the the peak superhero movie. So yeah. Pacific Rim came at the right time with a good cast. So what did you think about the cast of the first movie? I
1: really like it. It was when Eager Celeste really started to pick up.
0: American wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was this was before. Uh, oh my God, Spirit of Vengeance, right? Yeah. No, no, this had to be after Spirit this of Vengeance. This was after Thor. Yeah, so it's definitely after Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah. Okay.
1: But, like, he's... And I thought he was great in it.
0: Yeah, he was fantastic.
1: And then, um... So
0: so good. He gets a a cameo in the the Uprising movie based on a picture of him. Speaking of Idris Elba, um, did you see that he is confirmed to return as Heimdall in Infinity War? No, I did not. Found it out yesterday. I'm very excited. So... Thank God Idris is back. Cause God, I love Heimdall. I love Idris. But continue on with your thoughts on the guest. And
1: I like Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. I know you're not a big fan of him.
0: Currently because of his views on Green Arrow and superhero yeah. movies. But
1: um, from what
0: I've seen of him, he's, he's a good actor. He's got chops.
1: I, I remember seeing the theater. But my wife wanted to see it strictly because he was in it. Yeah, of course. And the trailer, he was shirtless.
0: Well, he's a handsome dude. I get it. Um, um, and I think that's why he he's in it. Because he's a handsome dude.
1: And then I liked uh, Rinko... Kikuchi? Kikuchi, Kikuchi. I she, hope
0: that's her last name because that sounds. She was terrible. in a
1: movie that we've seen together, Forty Seven Ronin.
0: Yeah, well, you know, if you're like if that. you're my wife, it's uh, every other number than forty seven. Yeah, uh, forty seven Ronin, but it was a good
1: movie. I, I liked it, and she played the villain.
0: Yeah, I know, and she was she was great in it. Yeah, but then you come to Charlie Day, where us being in the Philadelphia area, we have a, a very sacred bond with. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. And Charlie is my favorite character of that show yeah, he and will is always be my favorite character. He's ridiculous. He's He He's like a schizophrenic office meds but he's that lovable. works in a bar. Yeah. I love him. And when I saw him in this movie. I was,
1: uh, yeah. When he was cast, I'm like, okay. And then when he, his name was Dr. Newton Geisel, I'm yeah. like,
0: doctor. This was the first movie, if I'm not mistaken, that really put Charlie Day in the, the mainstream media. Yes. Uh, because Always Sunny was kind of culty for a bit. Yeah. Uh, mainly to our area. And then it really took off once it was on FX and they started doing their promotions for it. But this was the movie that kind of led to Fist Fight and uh, all the other movies. Marvel bosses. Yeah, uh, that Charlie Days has been in. So that is the sole reason why I saw this movie. Really? Was because of Charlie Day. And I loved him.
1: And I thought he was great.
0: And so good that he's one of the only returning people back in Uprising. Yeah, it's him. Uh, Rico and uh, Rinko and Burn Gorman. Yeah. who Burn Gorman was great in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yes, and uh, he gets killed quick. or uh, no, he doesn't get killed quick by Bane. His boss does. Yeah,
1: and I know him from uh, Torchwood. Yeah, and, and he, he was killed, really good. Man. Come on,
0: Torchwood. I mean, that's that's Nerd Central. Everyone loves <laughs> Torchwood. And then Ron Perlman. We, we we both have a love for Ron Perlman. Yeah. He's been cast on our fan cast episode uh, by me as Swamp Thing or Man Thing, yeah. and by you and Dan as Omega Red. Yeah. So it's you know he he has a, a special spot. And
1: then another guy that. I you see him everywhere, but no one gives him credit. He's a great actor. Is Clifton Collins Jr.
0: Yeah, uh, he wasn't he uh, the Santa and Happy? No no. no, no, I'm sorry. He Clifton um, the Santa Unhappy Happy is going to be an uprising. Oh, is he? Yeah, and so is Captain Boomerang from Arrow, Nick Terraby.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Clifton Collins Jr. was uh, in Boondock Saints. Okay, he's been in a ton of stuff. He, he played Tendo Choi. Okay, he was the kind of tech guy in um, Pacific a deep, Rim.
0: That's a Deep Pacific Rim pole for you. Well, Tendo Choi. It wasn't one like one of the main characters. You don't remember him? I remember him, but that's just a deep pull. Like,
1: I know. I, I like Clifton Collins. I
0: know you here. geek out on on actors. I get it. And it's okay.
1: uh, I think he's a good actor, and I don't think he's really recognized that much. I mean, he had a <laughs> minor role in this. Yeah. But uh,
0: I, I think don't. he's just known as, "Hey, I know that guy." Yeah. I just don't know where. You know, that's, that's the thing. There's there's a lot of people that you you can say that about nowadays. A lot, I think Idris is one of those people. That um, if you don't if you're not a mainstream fan, like you're like, Oh, I know him, but what what do I know him from? Yeah. Uh oh, is it Star Trek or is it, you know, Dark Tower, which wasn't good, but you
1: <laughs> did know. You see, did you see it finally? I
0: did, I saw it. Yeah. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't A little great. one
1: liked it. It wasn't great. It could have been better. Yeah.
0: It could have been longer, personally. Like an hour and an hour and a half. It's an eight book. Eight book <laughs> movie. It's crazy. All right. But hitting theaters on July 12, 2013, Pacific Rim debuted with $37 million opening, and during its theater run, uh, Pacific Rim grossed $411 million of its estimated $190 million budget. The film introduced the moviegoers to Kaiju's Knifehead, Karloff, named after Boris Karloff, yep. uh, Leatherback, and Otachi, as well as Jaeger's Gypsy, Dan- uh, Gypsy Danger from the United States of America, Cherno Alpha from Russia, Crimson Typhoon from China, and Striker Eureka from... Australia
1: The Crimson Typhoon is the one with the three Yeah The triplets
0: Yeah, so what did you like, personally, about the movie?
1: Well, like I said, I like kaiju movies Yes But what I like about it, it was unlike classic kaiju movies
0: Yeah, because the animation, or the effects were so much better
1: Well, you no, know, the, fa- the special effects were really good yeah, you didn't
0: have, uh, like, a papier-mâché mothra <laughs> flying into the screen
1: But the problem is, is humans actually got the fight back yeah. Because normally in kaiju movies, it's...
0: Yeah, they're just running, Godzilla! Yeah, that's all they're doing.
1: And, you know, they're fighting Godzilla. And then what, most of the time, it's Godzilla versus Mothra. Or Godzilla versus King Kong.
0: And Rogan.
1: And the only other time that I know of that humans actually fought back was Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla. Yeah. And Mega Godzilla was in uh, 2003, I believe. It was kind of like this. They, they built a Godzilla... Pr- prototype yeah to fight and I was like but normally it's never humans fighting back no and that's why
0: unless it's Power Rangers Voltron yeah.
1: yeah so when I've watched those movies I'm like why like why can't they do something so the fact that they actually was they came up with this concept to fight back and make these Jaegers yeah I loved it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Because it takes a a good spin on the classic kaiju movie. Yeah, and think
0: about it. Like, Let's not be mistaken. This is not an existing property. This is 100% original creative IP. Mm -hmm. So you had somebody, Travis Beachman, or Beachum, who was just walking on the beach and the idea came. He was already defeated that his first movie was was thrown away. Mm -hmm. And he said, imagine if a giant kaiju came out of the Pacific Ocean. And caused all this destruction. And then out of nowhere, a robot comes in and destroys it. But that robot is not Optimus Prime. Yeah. That robot has people in it. It has two people in it that are linked symbiotically to control said robot. And that's the other thing. I, it's I like, original.
1: It was, I like the science behind it. Yeah. It wasn't, all right, this guy's hooked up and he's just fighting. No, it's they're linked in the drift. Personally,
0: I feel like they, they spent so much time explaining the science, which is a very Guillermo del Toro kind of thing where he doesn't, like, he's very intricate and he doesn't gloss over things. And I think that's what made this movie special. This won't go on the top ten of Guillermo del Toro movies. And I think most people will forget that it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. But being that it was an original, being that it was successful, and being that the I would say 80-90% to of the original idea was conveyed on the screen, is perfect.
1: Believe it or not, like, this is probably my top two Gerardo Matoro movies what's your first one? Shape of Water really? by far
0: I I put Shape of Water 2 I liked Hellboy the original Hellboy Um, that's 3 Pan's Labyrinth is 3 for me Uh, even though it it had subtitles I thought that imagery was beautiful I put this probably 5 I liked Crimson Peak Um, you know I I get it that not a lot of people liked it but I liked it and I just think I think he's brilliant and we'll talk about him in a bit but the thing that I personally like that we need to we need to talk about is the Kaijus yeah. Um, each one was different, and they all they operated on a hive mentality, mm-hmm. where that it wasn't just one versus, one uh, kaiju versus one Jaeger. It was, we're being controlled symbiotically, I'm going to say that word a lot in this episode, I think, and we're going to attack methodically. Yes. You know what I mean? I've been watching a nature show, I've talked about it in our last episode, Wild Things with Dominic Monaghan, and the kaijus reminded me of army ants. Okay. Where... If Knifehead was... Like, let's put, put them all together. If Knifehead is drifting back, someone Leatherback will come and, and take over. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a basketball team. You, know, you sub out. Um, so I think that's what I really liked about it. I loved the design of each Jaeger, that it really put the patriotism in it. Like the China, you, you, you knew that it was a Chinese-based Jaeger for um, Crimson Typhoon and Stryker Eureka. It wasn't just the people had an accent. It was like they put their heart and soul into designing it and making it, it's, it's like they were sending it to the Kaiju Olympics. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's It was what, representing their country. Exactly. In the Kaiju Olympics. That, that would be a fantastic movie. Personally, I think that's Crimson, uh, that's uh, Pacific Rim 3. Kaiju Olympics. <laughs> um, and also, I, I really like the concept of drifting. It was new. It was very scientific. It was and it was intricate and people, they like I said, they went into it so that was really cool. And then Charlie Day's comedy. Uh, he yeah. was just, he was very conspiracy theory. He was very... Like, he's very neurotic. Yeah, and he's the one who, you, like, he's the one that you root for in the movie. <laughs> because he knew what was going to happen, and nobody believed him. Well, Guillermo del
1: Toro, him and um, the other doctor, Burns. are the
0: heroes. Yeah, he loved writing them. He loved yeah. writing them more than anybody else in this character. He liked writing um, Charlie, Byrne, and uh, Ron Perlman's roles. I read it on IMDb. that. <laughs> so he loved writing them so much that he put them in the second movie yeah and now guillermo was attached to the, the second movie and we'll get to that in a second but he liked them so much that that's why they made it into it and ron perlman was so much of a seedy black market kaiju dealer that when fantastic beast and where to find Them came out they just put him in a, a gnome version of himself <laughs> you know what i mean he was just the same person yeah goblin yeah Goblin's, thank you um so they're the things that i really like Personally, I don't think there was anything that I disliked about the movie, other than it was a little long. I have one. All right, what is it?
1: Um, it's a little spoiler. If you know, if you haven't watched the movie, yet. the one thing that I was watching, and I was kind of like, eh, maybe I was.
0: Was it when they cut the baby one open?
1: No. Okay, because I thought that was cool. When I look, when they need at the very end of the movie, they needed a kaiju to get into the breach. Yes. But they were able to get out of the breach without a kaiju.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know what I mean? Well, what if you have kaiju DNA on you? The, the, obviously, you're in there killing kaiju. Yeah. Um, you're probably going to be drenched in kaiju blood and other fluids. Maybe I don't know what happens when they die. I know when you, some humans die, they defecate. So that I don't happen. know
1: if it's like a one it, of those. It's like a door that you can open from the inside, but you can't open from the outside. That might be it. And it wasn't
0: explained, so you're...
1: So that's why I was kind of, like, I was watching it, and I'm, like, rewatching it, and I'm like, huh, but how did they get out? Yeah. So that was the only... Besides that, I thought it was a great movie. There's not too many things that I disliked about
0: it. Honestly, if that's the only thing you dislike about it, that's perfect. Yeah. Because um, no movie is perfect.
1: There's plot holes in every single movie. Yeah, there were plot holes in The Shape of
0: Water, that was fantastic, too.
1: But I don't think there was anything wrong with it. I love the movie. Um, That was my only kind of gripe, but it was not not really a gripe.
0: Yeah, no. Honestly, a lot of people liked it because, it, one, it was successful, it made its budget. Uh, it made and, double its budget. And it got a sequel. Yeah. So after the success of the first adaptation, it was announced in 2017 that the sequel would be called Pacific Rim Uprising. Pacific Rim Uprising saw a few shakeups, however, along the way, with Charlie Hunum announcing that he would be stepping away from the role as Raleigh, as well as Guillermo del Toro, passing on directing the film in order to direct a Shape of Order. Um, obviously, we see that that worked out.
1: Yeah, it worked out pretty um, good for just him, to, yeah.
0: like, he, he might have won an award.
1: I More mean, well, a couple.
0: Honorable mention. I think yeah. that was it. Uh, but congrats, man! Fucking
1: Guillermo is amazing. Time. Yeah,
0: and give him the Justice League Dark. Give him Swamp Thing. Give him. Give him
1: whatever any, he wants. Yeah. Give
0: him. Give him the keys to the kingdom. Um, if anybody can revive a franchise, I think Guillermo Del Toro. Give him the Dark Universe. I know it's dead in the water. We've talked about it for a hundred years.
1: He's such an underrated. Like when people talk great directors of our time, they don't mention him.
0: You know what? What's funny? Um, and we're gonna be talking about this next. Well, our next full episode with, Pas- uh, not Pacific Rim, but Ready Player One. Yes. Um, His name is dropped several times in the book. Yeah. I've read the book, and when they talk about great writers of our time, Del Toro is in there. Great. And it's not Benicio. It's it's Guillermo. <laughs> and just listening to his speech at the Oscars, he's just a dude. He's just a general dude, a great human being who just stands for make your fucking shit. Yeah. Like, make your shit, and if it's a dream, it it can be done. Because his dream was done. He made a movie where a mute woman fucked a fish man. You know what I mean? Like, in what world is that winning Best Picture? Exactly.
1: And the movie, like, I've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast. I've seen it by myself. Yeah. Because I love Del Toro. Well, you
0: also saw it in the back of an adult material store. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was very sticky. It was definitely not called The Shape of Water.
1: (laughs) But, like, I was like, you know what? I got to go see this. And I remember texting you, I was like, dude, the movie was beautiful.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to add it to my collection.
1: It. I might go get it today because it just came out.
0: Yep. I watched it the day after the Oscars again. Like, the Oscars came out. Then I watched a digital copy, and it was fantastic. So, um, congrats to Guillermo. We're, we're moving away from Guillermo now because yeah. we're moving into the updri- Uprising. So, in addition to the casting and the director loss, the film release date changed three times, uh, which is could be the curse of death for movies. Yeah. Um, it went from August 2017 to February 2018, and now to March 23rd, 2018. August 2017, I think it could have worked. Yeah. Um, Dark Tower came out. Um, it hadn't come out yet. So that would have been a perfect time for it. February 2018? No. Black Panther was has been king. <laughs> and I think that's why they did Yeah, and it had to be, because Black Panther is king now, and we're on March 17th. You know what I mean? It came out February 14th. And now it's still king. Billion dollar movie. Yeah. And we called it. We said it was going to make a billion dollar movie. I also said, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back. When we did our crazy opening numbers for it, I said it was going to make $200 million. And it made $200 million. So thank God for a four-day weekend, right? Uh, <laughs> so when all this stuff happens for Pacific Rim, they announce it, then it gets pushed back, the cast leaves, the director leaves. What did you think about Pacific Rim getting a sequel?
1: Well, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, great. I love the first one. Yeah, and then all the hiccups. I'm like, oh, is it going to happen? And if it does, is it going to be successful? Yeah, because a lot of times it, it when you are in, not really production hell. Yeah, but when you have all those problems, it's like, ugh.
0: Exactly. When your lead actor yeah. and your director leave, that could be the death of, of a movie, and it de- it's all determined on what happens. In the process of casting for the next movie, yeah, and we'll get to the castings, and not to mention Idris is not in this movie. No, Idris dies in the first movie. Yep. So you're losing your two main stars,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and your your award winning director. Uh, I mean, he won awards before this one, but he's an award winning director. So for me, I wasn't excited. Um, I get it. It was it was a three it was a four year layoff uh, be- between announcement and the first movie, and I was so immersed in superhero content that when Pacific Rim came out, I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch it. I put it on the episode guide. Um, I was excited for this episode, not only because I'm returning from Florida and we're back in the studio, but we get to talk, your favorite actor in a minute, uh, of who who was replacing Charlie Hunnam. So, I was, I was on board because I liked the first one. I'm the same with you, where you lose so many things, mm-hmm. and then it gets shuffled around yeah. so much. It pr- shows to me that maybe the the, um, the film company, the production company, doesn't hold it in high regards. Mm-hmm. And that scares me uh, because, as we'll talk in a little bit, this has the potential to become a franchise. Yeah, not true. just a, two, a two-part movie. This has a chance to be a franchise. Um, so we'll go into the thought, um, from the thoughts to the concept where Pacific Rim Uprising takes place 10 years after the Battle of the Breach. First of all, it's a great name, Battle of the Breach. Uh, the oceans have become restless once again, but the Jaeger program has evolved into the next generation. However, a uh, mysterious organization has reopened the breach for the Kaiju and a Jaeger, uh, for the Kaiju, and a Jaeger has gone rogue. Jack Pentecost's son of Stacker Pentecost rises up to stand up against the evolved Kaiju and the mysterious rogue Jaeger to prevent humanity's extinction and preserve his family's legacy. It's a legacy story. It's a I Have Something to Prove story. And then you have a bad um, Jaeger and crazy new kaijus. What are your thoughts on the the premise of the the sequel?
1: I mean, I like the premise, but I'm just still leery about the whole concept because of everything. I feel that if we had Del Toro and we had Hunnam and the whole cast, it would be different.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you think about it. The thought of new kaijus is great. And the fact that, because, I mean, that's what made the movie. Yeah. No, uh, the new kaijus. So, or the kaijus in the first movie made the movie. The new kaijus, that is enough to to honestly pique my interest. However, I don't like the. I have to prove something. I have to preserve this legacy. It's very Independence Day 2 for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Um, definitely.
0: And if this had came out before Independence Day 2, Resurgence, maybe this would have been better. I'm saying, I'm saying it like I have seen it already, but um,
1: <laughs> I, I don't But know. it kind of tarnished it in your mind.
0: Yeah, and then it turns very power, more Power Ranger-like and, yeah. because you have the rogue Jaeger. Yeah. Uh, and that's what bothers me, that the Jaeger is now fighting the other Jaeger. We knew we were going to get there. Yeah. Um, even if this was a movie based on no kaijus,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the whole story probably would have been how Russia made more Jaegers, and they're trying to take over the world. Yeah. So now it became Jaeger War. Yeah. And it could have been called Jaeger Bomb. Like the whole movie, <laughs> the whole movie could have been called Jägerbomb.
1: Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Jägerbomb.
0: I actually like Pacific Rim Jägerbomb better, <laughs> personally. But you know, the they didn't. They announced the premise. They tell you what's going to happen, but we still don't have a director. We still don't have a cast until making his feature film debut. It's very. I wish I had like How- Howard Finkel do a voiceover and mm-hmm. I could just plug it in. But making his feature film debut, uh, directorial debut is Stephen S. Denight. Um, and he's bringing us the new chapter Do you know the, where he's from? Um, he's done a lot of television episodes Homeboy, Millville, New Jersey Yeah, really? Yes, he is Okay, now I really want this to be successful uh, So, <laughs> And Mike Trow better see this goddamn movie <laughs> So Stephen tonight brings us uh, into the newest chapter of Pacific Rim uh, franchise But he's not coming alone Joining McNe- uh, the Knight will be Charlie Day, Burn Gorman, and Rinko Kiyochi uh, All reprising their roles from the original film And they'll also be joined by your boy, John Boyega, playing Jack Pentecost, who is also producing the
1: movie. Yes, I did see that.
0: My boy, Scott Eastwood, as Nate Lambert. Uh, Kaylee uh, Amara playing Amara Namani. Jing Tian, playing Li Wenxiao. And Audrey Arjona, playing Jules Reyes. So what do you think about the new castings, Pacific Rim Uprising, Chuck. All
1: right. I know you're going to think I'm going to shit on John Boyega.
0: Well, I, I know, because we've we've talked in text, but I know that you're going to change your tune for the podcast.
1: No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I don't like the way John Boyega portrayed Finn in Star Wars. Yes. But that's about the only thing I've seen him in. So I can't say that I dislike him off of one role. So I'm going to give him a shot. He actually looks pretty decent in it.
0: Yeah, he looks he looks great in this. Because
1: the only thing other thing I seen him in was four episodes of twenty four, Live Another Day. Okay. Which was a twelve episode. That's not miniseries. the one that
0: just came out, right? With Corey Hawkins?
1: No, it was the one after that. Or before that.
0: Okay. I was gonna say they made another one.
1: No. Well they retired. I thought
0: that was called the first forty eight. Jack <laughs> Jack Bauer retired. We don't need to explain okay. what what happens in 24. This is not a 24 podcast.
1: <laughs> so, we should have a 24 podcast. No,
0: we shouldn't. Have. But think, thinking about it, on paper, this is your least favorite actor and my least favorite actor yeah. teaming up together to put on a Pacific Rim I mean, movie. Because I'm not a fan of Scott Eastwood. I know you're not. I have not seen a movie with Scott Eastwood that I like him in. And I'm hoping that this is the one that does it for me. I didn't like him in Fast and the Furious. I didn't like him in Suicide Squad. And I sure as hell didn't like him in the Longest Ride. I don't know why I watched it. I'm hoping that this is the one that really.
1: Well, you know what? I I feel like.
0: Sp- speaking of today is uh, John Boyega's birthday. Yes, it is. Happy birthday, John Boyega. Not for me. Chuck <laughs> doesn't give a fuck about you.
1: <laughs> no, I I don't dislike him. I just didn't like his role in Star Wars.
0: Yeah, his mainstream role you don't like. Did you see him in the Circle? No. He's good in the Circle. Did you watched Detroit? You, no, I did not. He was good in Detroit.
1: Well, that's the thing. I'm not gonna base. Everything I've seen on one roll.
0: Watch Attack on the Block. Watch that; it'll change your whole perspective on John Boyega, and he might be your favorite actor. And right? you know what? He's I,
1: I really hope he changes my mind.
0: Yeah, I really hope you this. Ju- you just weren't ready for how they wrote Finn. Yeah, uh, and it's not he portrayed how they wrote him. So yeah. I, I get it. I, I understand. You no you know, you're not uh, 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 You don't have to testify. Yeah, you're
1: fine. So, um, and then Scott Eastwood. I've seen bits and pieces of The Longest Ride. At your house. It's fucking
0: terrible. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> um, Yikes.
1: And he was in for a cup of coffee at Suicide Squad. Yeah, GQ. And remember, for the longest time, who did we think he was going to be? Well, he was going to be Nightwing. Yeah,
0: we did. thought he was going to be Nightwing. That
1: was the rumor. I would have
0: rather have him be Nightwing than be GQ. But you know what? Like, he wants to play Wolverine. Yeah, he does. He is still talking about Wolverine. Uh-huh. Him and Tom Payne. They're all talking about Wolverine.
1: I'd rather have Tom Payne
0: than Yeah, because he's short perfect he's the perfect size for wolverine
1: but like i get where they went because charlie hunnam at the time he was on sons of anarchy but he wasn't doing a lot of movies yeah so they grabbed him like hot young guy that's ladies why, will love him and this why is it, what this yeah. is why scotty's was in
0: it yeah i don't think um pacific rim is a, a date movie personally uh, a, a couple date movie i think it's a, a pro date we're like uh you and i don't have anything to do on a saturday we can go see Pacific Rim Uprising. I'm not taking Chelsea to see Pacific Rim Uprising. Wow. And she and she's not lashing out saying, Oh, Scott Eastwood, I need to watch it. <laughs> is Danielle doing it? She want to see it because of Scott Eastwood?
1: I don't think she even knows the movie's coming exactly. out.
0: Exactly. But, all right, so Stephen DeKnight, the director, making his directorial debut, just coming from TV doesn't scare me. No. But taking over for Guillermo del Toro scare is you. what scares me. So... It's like... I'm on the fence. I'm rooting for our New Jersey brethren. But I feel like this movie has already been shit on so much in comments on Twitter and on YouTube that uh, it's not going to be as successful as I would like it to be. I
1: mean, it's it's big shoes to fill.
0: It's huge shoes to fill. Especially now that he's won an Academy Award for Best Picture.
1: It's like Joe Johnson doing Jurassic Park 3. Taking over being Steven Spielberg. I personally like Jurassic Park 3. I thought that was...
0: I like, I like pterodactyls. Stupid. No, I like pterodactyls, so I don't care.
1: But you know what I mean? Like It's big shoes to fill.
0: Yeah. he's He's got Charlie Day, he's got Rinko, and he's got Bern. Um, but they're not seat fillers. No. Um, Kelly, Jing, and Audrey, they're also not seat fillers because most people don't know them.
1: I mean, so, they're banking on Scott Eastwood and John Boy.
0: Exactly. Um, which isn't, that's not a bad gamble. No. Um, because they're in big movies. Yeah. Uh, especially John Boyega I mean, yeah. he's in Star Wars so that's that's huge so he's hoping that they're hoping that Star Wars people will come out and say yo we're going to watch uh, Pacific Rim Uprising I doubt it but I'm going to see it I'll see it in theaters so along with the new cast Pacific Rim Uprising will also introduce new Jaegers we have Bracer Phoenix which is equipped with Vortex Cannons and the Anti-Kaiju Missile Launchers Saber Athena Twin Blades and a Particle Accelerator we got Titan Redeemer equipped with uh, grenades and the M19 Morningstar, which is the mace like. Yeah. That, that that's a really cool design. And then we got Guardian Bravo, which is equipped with an arc electric whip. And also returning is Gypsy Avenger. And then we got Obsidian Fury. That's the one that's gone rogue and we see that one in the the trailer. But what do you think of the designs for the new Jaegers?
1: Um I'm not particularly keen on them.
0: Okay. Cuz uh, I'm, I'm the other way around. I think first of all i think guardian bravo is awesome yeah it's very virtual reality like you have to do the moves for the jaeger to do the moves like when you have to run and jump and whip pretend whip for you to actually whip it i think that's really cool
1: see in my mind they're they're a lot more sleeker than the original yeah
0: they're they're not bulky
1: they and that's why i like the original they were bulky they were more believable they were clunky they were more robot like yeah to, to where this looks more like Power Rangers yeah and it looks more like a guy in a suit yeah and he's running and jumping they're running and jumping like
0: they have a lot of emotion too yeah like I mean, at the end when Gypsy Avenger in the trailer palm, palms his hand yeah I'm like oh no John Boyega yeah.
1: I mean I, I get it it's supposed to be 10 years in the future yeah the technology changes because in the original the original kaijus were analog yeah and they were um, nuclear-based. Yeah. And then they became digital-based. So in that time, they changed. And I get it 10 years from now, or 10 years from the original, they changed.
0: Yeah. They also all have male porn star names. <laughs> Bracer Phoenix. <laughs> you know, Guardian Bravo. Yikes.
1: But, like, I, I like the clunkiness. Yeah. I liked... Well, you're a clunky guy. <laughs>
0: you're in a robot suit right now. Of course you like the clunkiness. Like...
1: You know, when in the original, you would hear the the turnings of the gears, yeah. and hear and I, and I like that.
0: You would know what part needed WD forty. Yeah. You know, you would have Vern Gorman climbing up with us, like he's just squeaking in the. And WD. these
1: ones are a little, they're sleeker. They're, they just look like a dude in a robot costume.
0: Yeah, they're like Ultraman. Yeah. When Ultraman becomes fighting kaiju's.
1: And like, like I said, I get it. The technology has changed in ten years. Yeah. But. I like the original designs better.
0: Yeah. I, I I like to agree with you that I like the original build of them. The weapons and the the yeah. way that they use them this time. I have to agree with Are that. really cool. I that's what brought me into it. Um, also they didn't lose the science aspect of it. There's a trailer that I saw. It's a extended trailer where you see the film the film trailer where so you see John Boyega, he's giving the pep talk, which is a great scene. Uh, but then after it there's like a it's like a Siri voice where it says like what is a Jaeger? And it goes into what Jaegers are and how they're yeah. being built. So it doesn't seem like they've escaped the the science behind the Jaeger. But you also have Guillermo returning to executive produce, and he yeah. wrote some of the movies. So having that, it's you know I feel like it's not going to be too far away from you know, he, the first one. It's going to be brighter, though. I'm sure. He, oh, it's
1: a lot brighter. I mean.
0: The first one is clearly a Guillermo movie. It's well, dark and slimy. Too,
1: the cinematographer that he worked with yeah. has worked with him on Hellboy. Yeah, all the good ones. And and his um, movies. This cinematographer, I'm like, uh, the first I, I looked it's him Michael up. Michael Bay. The first movie it said he was known for? John Carter. Jesus. But then he had Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness. So I said, okay, they're good movies. Yeah, they're good. And they're dark, but like this is very bright. It's very to where like it's happy. <laughs> it's very it's a happy destruction movie but like in in the original a lot of the fight scenes were at night yeah and this seems like they're they're in, looks like downtown Los Angeles at yeah. 12 o'clock in the afternoon yeah
0: it's like oh it's lunchtime. let's fight yeah like, okay like you know we trained for a bit we got lunch let's get into our Jaegers and now we have a fight like yeah. it is, even the kaijus are brighter yeah although the kaijus to me personally I think are really cool because like they can like regenerate and they're yeah. so advanced and they're bigger. I do like the rogue like you're, the only, yeah, you're fighting kaijus yes but there's also now a rogue Jaeger. What country are we thinking the rogue Jaeger's from?
1: I would have to say Russia.
0: Obviously right? I mean in today's society But I don't know Russia. if they would
1: do that because of
0: Yeah. I'm going to say it's another American okay, uh, Jaeger. And it would be it would be so disheartening if it's Yancey Beckett. Like, the dead brother. If he actually didn't die and he stole this Jaeger, I would be so pissed off. And then at the end, you see Charlie Hunnam come back. I'd be so mad. Okay. (laughs) So, we've seen all the footage, Chuck. What do you think of the footage uh, that's been released so far?
1: I thought it looked good. It's not bad. Um, I don't think it looks as good as the other one. Like we said, it's brighter. Yeah. Um, And, like... The Jaegers are very more, not very more, that's not a word, but they're, they're a lot more mobile. Yeah. And they're able to run and jump and all that. So like, yeah,
0: they're able to like do, like, side jumps. Yeah. Like, you don't see, I can't see a giant robot side and, jumping.
1: And that's why I thought, like, the original was more practical, as much yeah. as practical as a... It, it looks like the darkest scene in
0: this movie is the attack on the, the port. Yeah, yeah. That looks like it might be the darkest part of the movie. And then it goes to the, the best part of the scene, the best part of the trailer, is the giant kaiju skeleton.
1: And they're hanging out, and it looks like they're in Malibu. Yeah,
0: I think it's awesome. I think that kaiju skeleton is awesome. I'd love yeah. to have that and in the like, house. And people are
1: chilling by a pool, and yeah. it's, just, it's just a huge kaiju skeleton. And I was like, okay, that's cool.
0: That is very cool. Uh, but then it goes like... I, I was reading the comments on the YouTube trailer because I wanted to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is shit. Where's Guillermo? Um, I, if I want to watch another shitty power rangers movie i'd go back in time into march of 2017 and watch it uh it, it's very it's very reminiscent of the power rangers yeah yeah so i i don't know how i feel
1: i mean i want to give it a shot and you can't give steven s tonight shit because you know he's he's got big shoes to fill he does and it's his first ma- i mean he's executive produced and directed some tv Yeah, daredevil smallville yeah Spartacus like they're good properties.
0: Yeah, and he's got he's got some of his Spartacus people coming back. Yeah, which is good. Nick Terraby's going to be back in it.
1: So like I'm I want to give it a shot, but I just I don't think it's going to be as good as the original.
0: Yeah, well, Steven DeKnight has big plans for it because he has already stated that if enough people show up to see Pacific Rim Uprising, then it will launch them into a cinematic universe with the plot for uh, the third chapter already being discussed. And in addition, the goal, according to the is to launch into a Star Wars slash Star Trek type universe with main stories and spinoffs. So he is 100% invested in this. If this is successful, I don't know what successful is to him. I don't know if it wins a week and it makes its budget. Is that enough people showing up to it? Or the
1: whole city of Millville shows up. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's 40 people. I don't know know if if the whole thing is like we, we made our budget plus some... And then we're going yeah. to, you know, we'll go on to a third one. Like, I don't It's not a billion-dollar movie. Yeah, I don't— It's I not even th- a
1: $500 million movie.
0: I also don't think that this is a cinematic universe. No. I hate that everybody's trying a cinematic universe. I think with the right story and with the right team, and I'm hoping Stephen tonight does a great job with this, this could be a franchise where yes. you have three movies and trilogy and you're okay with it. Um, but I don't see spinoffs. Like, I don't want to see a Charlie Day, Burn Gorman spinoff as much as I like them. I don't— I don't think we need that. I don't need to see a Ron Perlman's character, uh, spinoff Hannibal Chow. Yeah. I don't need the underbelly of that. Um, the main thing that brought me to it was the Kaiju's and the the Jaegers. The Jaegers. Um, I don't think we need spinoffs, but if we do, we do. We got a video game out of it. Yeah. You know. Oh well. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about those those statements? Where would you go after Pacific Rim Uprising? I would end it. You think this is it?
1: If it fails or doesn't. To me it has to eclipse the original. I think that's gonna happen.
0: No, no, I mean that's no you can't. That's I mean, like saying a, Avengers Age of Ultron had to eclipse the the first Avengers to be successful. We've already seen it. So there's not a chance that I just it's going to eclipse it. Like Black like like is Black Panther two going to eclipse Black Panther one? Probably not. Uh because it's the first of its kind. Pacific Rim was the first of its kind. I can't can't see this eclipsing it if I don't it's just think a it's, sequel.
1: I don't think it's even getting close.
0: No, I think it's going to be like a thirty-six percent movie on Rotten Tomatoes, and it might make thirty million dollars the first week.
1: I have it at forty-two percent. Okay, and at nineteen million.
0: I don't think I don't think a lot of people I don't think a lot of critics like John Boyega. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if they're gonna if he's enough of a draw to bring it's, people in.
1: You know what? It's it's hard. Like I, and I've said this several times. It's hard to step in the shoes of the first movie. Yeah. Not only the the director the actors yeah like yeah you have a couple of people returning but they weren't major roles
0: yeah they weren't the Jaeger pilots yeah they were the scientists I get yeah, I get. we're gonna have great science and Jumbo yeah but she was like she wasn't the lead she was no. the lead female role yeah um, but you know it was Charlie Hunnam that was the whole thing and like their relationship and how everything happened with them but there is no Charlie Hunnam you can't play off the relationship now is John Boyega immediately stepping in and like you're my girl now Where Scott Eastwood coming in and saying, you're my girl now?
1: She's going to be more of a, like... The trainer? No, I think she's going to be more like the Stacker Pentecost. Okay. Like, the general.
0: I think she's going to get... She obviously gets back into a Jaeger. I can't see her being the general. He did. Yeah, but you saw how that worked out.
1: Oh, that was just because of...
0: I feel like she's like a war hero. Like, she's the... She's a myth. She's a legend. And they finally they see her, and they're like, oh, train us. And she's like, this is how you drift. Because you know, she kind of mastered the drift pretty quickly. Yeah, she did. it's um, Very advanced. She knew she knew her stuff. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of drift problems. And she's going to be the one to be like, I perfected the drift. This is how you have to really sub back into the drift. I don't know. Um, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. I'm going to see it in theaters um, because yeah. I want to support the stuff that we talk about. Um, and if it ends up on the Razzies, then... It wouldn't be the first time that our stuff has ended up on the (laughs) Razzies. So the last thing I'm going to talk about is the kaiju story. We know you love this kaiju Kaiju story. Would you have gone in a different direction in Pacific Rim with the kaijus? Or is that like the safe blanket saying like, oh, let's do kaijus?
1: No, I I like the idea of it. Okay. I mean, you have – it's a different take of an alien invasion. Yeah. Because what I like about it is they're not coming from –
0: up, they're coming, they're, they're coming from under. They're coming from
1: under, and it's a different take, and I like that. And but no, I, I like the kaiju because it's just this huge nemesis. Yeah,
0: I don't think any of these kaiju's make top ten kaiju's. No, not. and I think that's the problem. Like, if you're gonna reinvent kaiju's, essentially, you need to have one that's gonna make that list. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't think it is. I think you're gonna get like Mothra is a kaiju, yeah. and I think that's gonna that's it's a paper mache moth. I think that's gonna make it before Leatherhead and Rodan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think any of those are gonna
1: be, Eclipse. Yeah.
0: So I, I I feel like they they put the Kaiju in there because Guillermo likes Kaijus and Travis Beecham apparently likes kaijus. Um, and I think they're cashing in on a certain demographic to, to go and see this movie. And I think this is gonna this is gonna be the opposite of what Black Panther did in China. I think Pacific Rim Uprising is going to have a huge open in China. Yeah. Uh, because and, and Japan because of the kaiju. Um, I don't understand why Black Panther opened so poorly in China. You see, you see, that? it took like an eighty-eight percent drop.
1: Yeah.
0: But I feel like this is gonna, you know. The problem with this, I was reading, and it confused me. I think there's two production companies involved in this, in the release of this, and one of them is only releasing it domestically, and the other one is saying we may uh, release it internationally. So if it only releases domestically, then that's a death sentence. Oh yeah, it's gonna. Kind of- uh, it's gonna be kind of like Annihilation, where it went domestically, to America, and it went to Canada and China, three countries, and the rest went to um, Netflix. If you have a VPN, you can just sign on to Australia and you can watch Annihilation. I feel like that could be the same thing. So I don't know if you you get more money in return from Netflix buying it because they're putting out like 700 new TV shows this year, but I'm worried that if it doesn't release domestically, or um, internationally, I'm sorry, that it's not going to be successful at all. It
1: it can't because you see like... These huge movies, and you know, at a four hundred million dollar budget or four hundred million dollar gross, yeah, they might make one hundred fifty domestically.
0: Kind of like Power Rangers. Yeah, Power Rangers. What we talked about, um, although that episode you'll never hear, um, is one of those things that, on paper, should have been fantastic, should have been huge for the Americans because of uh, what's going on, and we grew up watching it, and if if it weren't for China same thing with Warcraft if it weren't for China there weren't discussions for sequels it was just oh it's dead in the water the franchise is dead um, it was the reverse for Justice League because yeah. it opened up poorly all over but like with Power Rangers and Warcraft if it weren't for the international market we wouldn't have had talks of a sequel
1: even though you know we're, we're not going to get one
0: China couldn't even save the Power Rangers because Power Rangers are just dead in the water and yeah. Saban is going to put Jason Momoa movies out which is fine with me, because I don't care. Um, so that's our Pacific Rim Uprising movie uh, preview. So I, I'm excited for it, although there are some parts that I'm not excited for. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little leery. I can't say I'm 100% positively thinking that this is going to make it. but
1: Yeah, I have we'll, to agree. Yeah, we'll
0: see. But you can tell us what you think on all of the social medias. We are all over social media now, except for that Vero thing. I think that's what it's called. I'm not signing up for that because I don't know how it works. So we're on Instagram, the Active Geek, Facebook Active Geek, uh, Twitter Active Geek underscore SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and now Google Play. We we heard you, Apple uh, non Apple listeners. We are all we're on Google Play and several other podcast directories, and we're soon to be on Stitcher. Um, So follow us on all or subscribe to us on all of those under the Active Geek podcast. We are on Spreaker under the Geek Culture Cast Network. And you can listen to us, the Legends of the Panel podcast, and Warp My Taurus podcast, and Legends just covered the Bat, bat family and uh, had a mixed bag with Chewlock back. So you can check that out uh, on Spreaker, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, all over. Um, you can find more information on Geek Culture Cast Network at geekculturecastnetwork.com. And then you can find us, uh, Chuck personally, is on Instagram under Chuck underscore active Geek. I'm all over the podcast circuit uh, with a couple other podcasts like Galaxy Wars and Adventures of Binks and the Beard. And our newly beta website is officially launched under ActiveGeekProductions.com. Be gentle. I'm not a coder. It'll get better, (laughs) I promise. Um, And for um, the Active Geek podcast, I am Jim. I am Joe. And we are out.